in the uh, waiting room and let people in as needed. Yeah. Well, uh, hello everyone. Thank you for uh, coming in today. I'm going to call this meeting to uh, order. For those of you who don't know me or remember me, I'm Mike Wasikowski and I'm the current chair of PTAC. Uh, we go through a roll call and then the uh, statement about what, how to behave during this meeting, please. Uh, Lance Fay. Here. Logan Stewart. Mike Wazikowski. Here. Nick Kuzmiak. Alan, oops, sorry. Alan Ackland. Here. Gregory Critchlow. Bill Wilson. Here. August Rudisell. Freddie Gipp. Here. I do see. Uh, look, I do see Gregory Gregory there. Yep. Here. <laughs> okay. Okay. Thank you. Uh, and then there's a statement about how uh, to uh, participate that we need to read off as well. Yes. Good evening. My name is Felice Laverne, Transportation Planner Two, Lawrence Transit. With me here is Adam Weigel, Transit and Parking Manager. He will work alongside Mike Wazikowski to facilitate the meeting proceedings. Adam and myself will facilitate the Zoom portion of the meeting. This meeting is being recorded and broadcast on the city's YouTube channel and public access cable channel 25. During the meeting, when you're not participating, please mute yourself by clicking on the microphone icon found on the lower left-hand side of the Zoom menu next to the video icon. When you are muted, a red line will appear over the icon. Muting your microphone during the meeting will make it easier for everyone to hear. You'll just have to remember to unmute if and when you want to speak. In some cases, we may mute or unmute people as needed to minimize distractions during the meeting. Please remember to state your name and title for the benefit of those listening remotely. You can turn your video on and off by clicking on the video icon on the menu. For the purposes of this public meeting, please keep your video on when you're participating in the meeting. When you're not participating, it is okay to turn your video off. Just remember to turn your video back on when you're participating. If you're participating by phone, you can click star six to unmute your phone. For those using Zoom, somewhere on your screen, you will see a choice to toggle between speaker and gallery view. Speaker view shows the active speaker. Gallery view tiles all the meeting participants. Now I'll turn the meeting back over to PTAC Chair Mike Wazikowski. Thank you, Felice. Uh, again, Mike Wazikowski, PTAC Chair. Uh, at this time, it's now a public comment. So uh, Adam, did we receive any uh, comments in the uh, email box? Uh, this is Adam White, Transit and Parking Manager. We've not received any written comment, and I do not have anyone in the commission room here with us. Okay. Um, I guess I will. I see maybe one individual. I don't know, Darren Klish, if um, if that's someone who had any public comment. Hello, uh, yeah, this is Darren Klish, I'm the owner of Klein Lawrence. Um, I don't know if this is the appropriate time to bring up. Uh, I, uh, uh, questions or, or, or discussion. Um, I'm sorry, I haven't attended any of these meetings in the past. Uh, in the past, Deanna Mylander, our general manager, has attended these meetings. Um, is this the appropriate time to, to bring up concerns related to um, um, the 7th uh, Street, Vermont uh, bus um, depot Absolutely. location? This is a great time. Okay, super. Um, well, I was, you know, wanted to kind of inquire. I know that the buses used to be located 
uh, most recently um, at the uh, 9th in New Hampshire on the southwest corner um, prior to development of the Town Place Suites Hotel. I was wondering if someone from the city could explain why the buses were moved from that location. Uh, sure, so this is Adam White. Transit and Parking Manager. Um, so yes, the uh, buses actually used to be located at 9th and Massachusetts streets. Um, in 2010 is when they were um, moved from that location due to the construction you had mentioned. Uh, there were a handful of locations uh, looked at. They looked at um, an area over by the Santa Fe Depot at 7th and New Jersey, um, which uh, didn't end up to be adequate or, or safe enough for the number of vehicles. Um, there was a short amount of time they were on the 800 block of Vermont um, and ultimately were on the 700 block of Vermont since 2013. Um, so for the last eight years, I guess, we've been in that uh, temporary location as we've sought out um, a more permanent transfer location. Um, so I'd, I'll, I'll pause there. Yeah, so I was wondering if you could, I'm just curious why you didn't, after the, the hotel was, was built, why you moved it? Why didn't you just leave it there at the corner of, of 9th in New Hampshire? Uh, this is Adam Weigel, Transit and Parking Manager. Um, I, I could go back and look at some of the, the history of, of why I didn't return to that spot. I believe the, um, uh, the construction created some challenges with getting the number of vehicles back in that location that we needed. Um, I do see Margretta DeVries from, uh, from KU who was here at that time, uh, prior to my time, so maybe Margretta has some insights she could share. My understanding, yes, this is Margretta DeVries from KU Transportation Services. My understanding at the time was that when they did all of the construction at 9th New Hampshire, they actually eliminated most of the curb lines that were required in order to have bus stops along those sides of the intersection such as the little retaining wall that was built by where the roost is. Uh, but most of the geogra geographical, the physical structures that were required for uh, having a bus stop in that location no longer existed after they were done with the construction. And there was not any place to go back to at that point. Okay. That is correct. Yeah, this is August um, PTAC member. There was substantial um, removal of curbside parking for the buses that when the hotel came in, there was basically nothing left. Prior to the hotel, there was um, there was a field, there were sidewalks, there were plenty of curbs for the buses to park next to. So when that all left, that basically removed the bus stop. Okay, no, no, that's that's helpful. Um, yeah, I guess um, we're, we're sort of in a in a, a difficult situation because we feel as though we've we've made a significant investment and um, in the infrastructure uh, of downtown to create a destination uh, that is desperately needed um, uh, for a location for the youth as well as adults to participate in additional activities. And um, we 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 don't really feel like the city has is kind of um, has kind of um, been reciprocal in that. I know in listening to the meeting last week online with the city budgets that the outcomes are for a quintessential downtown that's safe, functional, and healthy, safe and secure, 
that fosters businesses, uh, that's well-maintained infrastructure and assets. And, you know, this um, having these buses at this location uh, creates several issues or concerns for us. Uh, one, there's an issue of safety with children who are being dropped off by their parents for climbing classes or children um, who might be trying to cross the street from either the parking garage or the library to come to the climbing gym. Um, we're concerned about the buses themselves idling diesel fuel or diesel exhaust and, and also the, a lot of the drivers um, take refuge under the awning of our building and smoke, um, as do many of the patrons of the buses. And so we feel that, you know, the bus, the, this Climb Lawrence location has, um, it, it certainly um, doesn't provide, you know, the, the, with the buses there, it kind of creates this armada uh, of uh, a blockade, if you will, both a visual blockade, a physical blockade um, that prevents the customers from coming in and participating in the facility. Um, I, I, um, you know, besides, uh, you know, there's also, it, it also brings, um, individuals in that area that then sometimes can intimidate, uh, customers as they try and come in and out of the building. Um, we have had customers come in and ask for bus passes because they feel like this is a city building. Um, we have people coming in and demanding food out of our, the food pantry. Um, it's a host of issues that the buses at this particular location brings. But number one, the issue is safety. It is fundamentally safety. Um, and if the city truly believes in its outcomes of a quintessential downtown, safe, functional, all these things I just iterated, people who travel to Lawrence for this destination, if they park in the parking garage, they're witnessing unfortunately, potentially in not a safe place or a place that I don't know reflects or represents Lawrence well, but in getting to um, uh, the bus barn, they're seeing, you know, it's just, it's a situation that is certainly creates an obstacle for our customers who are trying to access the location. Um, we're gonna have an outdoor cafe that's going to open any day, any week, and that our parking lot that is there um, at the um, right there in the in the corner section where the the, the transit was using to park uh, frequently their vehicles. I I just don't know how we'll have outdoor people outdoor seating there that has been provided to a lot of the downtown businesses. I don't know how we'll how how really comfortable that will be if buses are idling right there and the drivers are, are smoking cigarettes. Um, I, I could go on and on, but I'm, I'm kind of curious to hear if anyone has uh, any comments or thoughts regarding the situation we're in. Uh, this is Mike Wozkowski, P-TECH Chair. Um, first, I'll go ahead and hit the last item that you mentioned, the idling. Uh, I don't remember the exact date, but uh, recently we made a change in our policy on uh, buses idling that uh, 
if they are staying in place for more than I believe it's five minutes, they are supposed to turn off their engine and uh, not to run that. Adam, could you uh, fill in details on that in particular? Um, sure. Adam Weil, Transit and Parking Manager. Uh, it was in, uh, right at the beginning of February, we changed the policy. It's actually a three-minute idle policy. So if, if buses pull in and um, are going to stage for more than three minutes, we have them turn off their engines. Um, there are exceptions to that in extreme heat and cold where we might um, ask them to keep it on for the safety and comfort of passengers and, and drivers. Uh, but uh, there, there should be a, a lot less idling um, now than, than there was when that issue was first raised by, um, by Ms. Mylander. I've inquired with some of the drivers as I myself enter or exit the building and and um, some of them had expressed their concerns that the buses will not restart. Um, they, they say there's probably about a 90% probability they'll restart, but often that they won't and that that creates its own, its own issue. Um, is there a way, like any law, there's laws and then there's enforcement. Is there any way that we can enforce the three minute rule? Um, or has anyone attempted to enforce it? I'm just curious. Adam Weigel, Transit and Parking Manager. Uh, we have uh, road supervisors who oversee bus drivers and they are on site helping um, guide operators to follow that rule. I would encourage you if you notice issues where, where it's not being followed to let us know, um, but that's the mechanism currently in place to, to make sure operators are doing that. Very well, thank you. August Rudisell, um, PTAC committer. I was just kind of curious what Darren's, um, what your expectations are. As the transit system, as Adam said, the, the transfer station moved down there at in 2013 to the library. And so it's been there for eight years. And even with the transit hub at um, Bob Billings and Iowa, um, it will continue to be downtown. So the transit hub, there will, I, it's my understanding, there will never be a discontinuation of buses down at the library. So I'm asking what your expectations are. Are you asking for no buses down, down on Vermont? Are you asking for um, like, well, basically what I understand is gonna be a sizable decrease in the amount of bus traffic. Uh, to clarify, August, this is Mike Wazkowski, P-Texture. We Mike. aren't sure where the downtown location will be for the uh, transfers yet once the construction is complete, but it will, the library area is one place I think we're considering, but there are at least two or three others that we're oh, considering. Okay. So it's yeah, not I a, it's not set in stone. It's one of those that's up to the consultants to figure out. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. I thought it was for sure going to be in the in the Vermont block. No, I think that that was screened out because uh, we were trying to get an RFQ as opposed to uh, a strict RFP, which would require someone to state where they're going to build it. Okay, gotcha. Well, then I would just act, ask what Darren's expectations are. Yeah, my my expectation would be that we would have um, developed curbside parking uh, in front of the location that would allow um, patrons who wanted to use the, the climbing gym or the cafe 
um, access or at least a you know short-term parking that parents could drop off and pick up children such as that what you've developed at the uh, art center is I think exceptional and, and wonderful I've, I've rarely seen that setup but I feel like we have uh, an equal number of children coming in and out of the location and that's I think a responsive, considerate city who wants to foster uh, children's safety and development of, of programs and infrastructure would put an identical parking situation in front of the climbing gym that you would for um, the Lawrence Art Center. So that's my expectation. I just, I get this August with the PTAC committee. I just wanted to make sure that we understand that you built this facility with the understanding that there was a bus terminal there currently. That, yes. And that, that can't be belabored enough. I mean, I, I, yeah, we, so let's rephrase that. We took a building that was abandoned, not abandoned, but had no use downtown. We put $3 million of infrastructure in downtown to create a destination to improve the synergy of downtown and that provides a much needed activity, opportunity for activities for youth. And our and while we knew there was there were buses there, we were under the understanding that was temporary, and that there were plans for that to be moved. And so I'm following up on that understanding that that was temporary. This is Mike Wazikowski, P-TECH Chair. Um, unfortunately, temporary has not been a short term for us. We have gone through a number of cycles trying to figure out <laughs> right. a, a good location for a hub for the entire city's right, yeah. facility. And that only got resolved uh, late last year, early this year, when the uh, we when Sunset Hill, the neighborhood by uh, Meadowlark Apartments or Meadowbrook Apartments agreed that they wanted it there. And the uh, KU Endowment and the University of Kansas agreed to a land swap at the Bob Billings and Crestline site that gave us the ability to have effectively free land for this purpose. So it's temporary is correct, but temporary has been a lot longer than I think any of us would be willing to agree it's been. Um, sure. And yeah, and yeah, that's kind of my understanding. And this is underway. And there was hope that this would this will be moved. So um, given that these projects, civic projects can take a long time, um, I guess my expectation is that in the interim, um, something, you know, I, I know it's not a trivial thing to move the bus routes. Uh, but I'm wondering if it, in the meantime, the interim that 8th and Vermont, where it's, you know, you do this on a, I don't know, quarterly or semi-annual basis when the AT&T Tower undergoes its maintenance. Um, the one issue being that the sidewalk is a little more narrow than 7th and Vermont, but you're not you know, you're still, you're very centralized to downtown Lawrence. It's sort of, the, I think that that block is a little more centered and you wouldn't be in front of a building. You wouldn't be blocking a restaurant. Um, so I, I don't, I mean, I guess that's my expectation or my request or hope at this time is that that could be an intermediate solution as a, as a, a way of compromising with the investment and the goals we're trying to achieve. 
This is August with the BTEC. Um, Adam, can you remind me, I'm sorry, if of the uh, modular, multi-modular or multi, whatever the committee is called. Multimodal. Um, there we go, multimodal transportation committee. Can you remind me of like the timeline? I know they just presented to the city commission a couple weeks ago as far as, I'm sorry, I have a cat. Um, I know they presented the commission a couple weeks ago as far as the 15th part of the Bob Billings and Crestline location. And what kind of timeline are we looking at is what I'm asking. Sure, um, Adam Weigel, transit and parking manager. Um, yeah, I thought it'd be helpful at this time to talk through that timeline and process. So we have a uh, consultant on board who's helping us work through uh, the transit facility project. Um, actually, next week will be uh, phase one of that project. There will be um, a large number of stakeholder meetings and public meetings. Um, Downtown businesses are one of those stakeholder meetings that the um, consultant will meet with. So that information will go out through uh, Downtown Lawrence Inc. as well as the Chamber, um, uh, as well as through Explore Lawrence. So we'll we'll try to reach out to, um, to you all and, and other businesses in the downtown area to engage at that time to help, to help guide that work. Uh, the consultant will be working um, on gathering stakeholder feedback during that week and incorporating that into concept design. Uh, we should actually have a pretty good idea at the end of that week um, of some rough concepts for, for what we might do in the downtown area, for what we might do out at Bob Billings and Crestline. Uh, the intent would be they're bringing back final concept designs in June to both this group, uh, the KU Transit Commission and the City Commission for final approval so that we have um, in the case of downtown, we would have a site selected and a general concept that would allow them to move forward to final design. Um, uh, in June, we'd also have uh, the selection of a concept for the site out of Bob Billings and Crestline. The final design work for that would be completed at the end of this year with construction beginning early next year. Uh, the intent being that um, this lines up with our route redesign study that we're doing this calendar year as well. New routes, new facilities would be implemented in August of 2022. That's the, the time frame that we're targeting to um, kind of unveil new facilities in the downtown area, new facility out of Bob Billings and Crestline, and, and know what our routes are doing at that time. So uh, it is a lengthy process, um, I'm, um, but that's the date we're looking at for, uh, for wrapping this project up. And I would um, echo what Darren said about um, you know thinking about where we locate in the downtown area and, and being in front of a building with a business versus in front of or you know adjacent to a city-owned property like a, an existing parking lot. Uh, those are certainly things that we'll um, that we'll consider. We lose. Oh, are we still there? Okay. Sorry, I had a computer glitch here. Um, so those are certainly considerations uh, that. That we'll, that we'll take seriously is an appropriate, uh, you know, adjacent land use for what we're trying to do. Um, uh, with, the, with the notion that, you know, downtown is a huge hub for uh, businesses and residences to um, two huge draws for public transportation. So um, we're trying to serve that area effectively, but um, be cognizant of our neighbors. I appreciate that. I know, um I mean, I think that gets to the heart of it. I just, um, there, there are quite a few just 
you know, immediate issue. I'm sorry, if I, I don't know if I'm muted. I, oh, sorry. Um, We're hearing I, you. Um, I guess there's still quite a, quite a few just immediate issues that are affecting us uh, with the buses in this location. So I'm, I'm wondering, is there a, how would I go about appealing or asking um, uh, for some consideration of, of the, the buses being moved um, just down one block to 8th in Vermont in the interim and uh, until, you know, August of 2022 is about approximately 15, 16 months. And, uh, and if there's any delays, it could be a year and a half or more. This is Mike Wazikowski, PTAC chair. Um, I'm trying to remember exactly when it was, uh, when uh, Deanna came to us last year, or it's been I don't almost, remember the exact timing. Almost the six months. Yeah, okay. The following month, I remember we went through an exercise where we looked at uh, three or four different sites in the vicinity of downtown where we could at least relocate the handful of buses that are in front of Climb Lawrence. Uh, one of them was moving to uh, it, the 8th and Vermont block. Another one was moving to the uh, north side of the public library where the current Greyhound uh, uh, bus stop is. I don't remember us finding any good options, really. Uh, I'm happy to have us go through another exercise and look at what options are available and you could attend and uh, provide your insights from your perspective on that. Um, but unfortunately, I can't guarantee that we're going to come up with anything different because I think we were pretty exhausted in that hunt. Okay, well, um, I guess we'll just look forward to participating in the in the stakeholder meetings for phase one, um, and we'll be on the lookout for information related to that. Uh, and I'm happy um, if you could, um, uh, uh, Mike, if you could reach back out or let me know, kind of at least we could discuss some of those other options, what they're what they were. And I'd love to have someone from transit just kind of join me sometime and just walk, just go try to get into the climbing gym from the parking garage and come back out, try to park and walk in, observe the city, you know, the transit people smoking, the people using our, our entryway um, as a place to park and rest until the bus comes. It's, it's something you need to witness to, to really recognize that it is a legitimate, it's not just us whining about, ah, oh, we don't like the buses. It's, it's a legitimate deterrent to moms bringing their kids into the gym. Darren, can I ask real quick, where do, have your customers expressed where they primarily park? I'm just curious. Uh, you know, that's a great question. Predominantly in the, um, uh, across the street, um, in some of those spots for the, for the library, uh, at the parking garage, certainly a fair number, a fair number do. And then there's the two hour lots, both um, on the south, um, just to the, uh, well, in the, just to the immediately to the north of our building, to the west of the Eldridge, and then also the building, uh, that parking lot on the very south end of the AT&T building. Thank you. Uh, 
Mike Waskowski, PTAC Chair Darren. I will go through our agendas and minutes and whatever and uh, find presentations that uh, we went through about what were the alternative locations that we explored. And we can find uh, our discussion to figure out which ones those were and uh, let you know what our insights were at that time. And Excellent. we'll see about if next month, if, if we feel differently, and we have an alternative, I'm happy to explore it and advise the city to change routes again. Thank you so much, everyone, for your time. I hope I haven't taken up too much of the, of the meeting's time. Thank you, Darren. No, the Mike Wozkowski PTAC chair, we serve the public. So first and foremost, I care about public comments above anything else. So thank you for uh, spending time with us today. Sure. Thank you. And with that, uh, next item on our agenda is approval of minutes from March 8th. Uh, a reminder, uh, we approve minutes now by unanimous consent. So uh, after a brief amount of time for everyone to peruse, I'll ask, are there any amendments? And uh, after three attempts, if no one offers any, we will deem them approved by unanimous consent. So... Has everyone had an opportunity to uh, read the minutes from the committee? Does anyone have any amendments to offer? Any amendments? Okay, hearing none, then they are approved by unanimous consent. Thank you everyone for taking uh, time to look over the minutes. Uh, now, next item on the agenda is our annual coma training, which we put off from uh, last week. I believe that's Adam. It's Linda or Felice. Um, Adam Weigel, Transit and Parking Manager. I just see a note in the chat. Mike, do you want to address that? Oh, yeah, we can go ahead and jump in. Deanna, do you have, you have comment as well? Apologies for skipping over you. You're okay. Thanks so much. Um, I just wanted to say thank you for taking the time to speak with Darren as well. Um, and I wanted to just uh, talk with you a little bit about my thoughts in terms of your reasons for not wanting to relocate the buses. Um, one, I, I know one comment back like six months ago was basically that the sidewalk space that we have makes our location very ideal for you um, as a bus transit location currently. And um, I wanted to mention that we are currently working on getting the permitting for outside seating. Um, so that's going to basically put your sidewalk area in half, um, which I believe one of the other locations was, um, that was kind of the only reason you didn't want to move down a block, that and the safety issue. Uh, in my in my mindset and my knowledge of what I'm seeing, the safety issue right outside of Clem Lawrence is not better for, than a block down in a parking area. So um, I just really wanted to urge you guys to revisit those locations that you had looked at because I do still think that um, a block down is actually a safer and more functional option for everybody. Thank you, Deanna. Uh, this is Mike Wozkowski, PTAC Chair. Uh, Adam, Lance, let's make sure that we put on the agenda for next month a uh, revisit of alternative sites. 
And um, I do have one other comment that I just wanted to hopefully pass along to your drivers. Uh, we've had to send our employees out to pick up cigarette butts that are left from the drivers on a regular basis. Um, to me, that's super disrespectful of our business space and what we're actually trying to create in Lawrence. Um, between the smoking, it actually all comes right into our vestibule and the cigarette butts. It just feels like the outside of our building is getting trashed on a regular basis. And a huge piece of that comes from the people riding the buses and the people actually driving the buses. So I don't know if there's anything that can be done about that, but I'd love your comment. Uh, Adam Weigel, Transit and Parking Manager. I can certainly follow up with our uh, First Transit General Manager and, and get our road supervisors to uh, coach bus operators if that's a, a challenge with them. Um, you know, certainly passengers, we can, uh, we can do our best to inform them. I mean, there is no smoking at, at bus stops, so we can uh, do our best on that front. Um, uh, it is challenging with a lot of people, uh, but we, we can do our best. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Dana and Darren. Uh, with that, now let's actually go to uh, coma training, which we skipped back in March. So uh, hopefully everyone has had an opportunity to at least briefly review the slides before coming in today so that we can make this relatively quick. This is Adam Weigel, Transit and Parking Manager. Give me a second to share my screen here. Frustrating. Give this another shot. Okay, so on an annual basis, um, we review the Kansas Open Meetings Act. Um, so the open meetings principle. Um, is really centered around just the idea that general public has um, the right to know public business and, um, and need to have information to oversee the democratic process. The electorate needs to be informed of what's going on, um, so that's the purpose of COMA. COMA applies uh, under two conditions, so um, when uh, the body's a covered entity, so advisory boards and PTAC is a covered entity, and when there's a meeting, we'll go over what uh, it means to have a meeting. So again, bodies subject include city advisory boards, so including PTAC, um, any uh, bodies which are supported in whole or in part by public funds, which, which this one is. So in order to have a meeting, there must be majority of members. We have a nine member group, so five is a majority. Uh, there must be interactive communication. So it doesn't necessarily have to be in person, obviously, from what the last year has been like, but does have to be interactive and uh, must be discussing actual business of the body. So as I mentioned, quorum is five. So that's one of the conditions. And this just reiterates, doesn't necessarily have to mean a physical presence. It can be uh, video calls, briefings, online communication. 
And uh, just a reminder that it's really about um, when there's five or more people from this group and discussing um, business of the body. So uh, if a group of five of you was in a social gathering or attending a transit-related conference or something to that effect, uh, that does not trigger coma. Uh, just a reminder about electronic communications. Um, the fact that it's electronic isn't really the issue. It's just uh, that going back to that interactive discussions. So uh, you'll see here in a minute, you know, when I send you out email communications, uh, try to do that BCC, um, the blind carbon copy, uh, you know, avoid the reply all button so that there's not interactive communications between uh, more than five members. There was an updated guidance from the Attorney General recently about uh, Facebook posts where, um, you know, if you're having discussions back and forth on a Facebook comment thread, that, it, that can be uh, interactive and, and certainly if it's about business of the body, that would uh, potentially violate coma. So again, just encourage you to um, think about discussions you have with other members and if you're discussing business of the body and, and um, be sensitive to what might violate coma. Again, a reminder about that reply all button. Uh, if I were to make some mistake and send you all out an email and you uh, saw everyone on the CC line, uh, please do not use the reply all button, but I'll do my best to do blind carbon copy to avoid that. Serial meetings, so uh, loopholes are not allowed. You can't talk with one person about a topic and then go talk with somebody else, and then they go individually talk with somebody else. Uh, you can't pass information from one member to another uh, to avoid five people meeting, uh, because that's essentially the same thing, sharing information between five or more of you. Again, just to reiterate, you need a majority of the membership, has to be interactive, has to be discussing business of the body. Public notice. So we do give um, uh, public notice to these meetings. It's posted online. We try to get agendas up a week ahead of time. Um, in these COVID times, people are allowed to register and join a meeting at the last minute. Um, so if, uh, if someone has digital access, they can do that. We are uh, in the city commission room so that if people do not have access to technology, they're able to come here with us. And we do post these meetings after the fact so that people can watch and listen to the meetings. COMA does not necessarily require a certain amount of notice. Um, they do not require agendas. We do those things uh, to make it easier on the public. Um, there is a chance that agendas may shift a little bit by the time we are at a meeting. There might be additional attachments or, um, you know, this, it's the prerogative of this body if they want to uh, switch up an agenda, push something to next month, for example. Um, we do not really have a need for executive sessions, but if we did, we'd have to check with the city attorney's office first and get approval for that. But really, the attorney general's office is looking for compliance, so um, if there were an issue, uh, there, there would just need to be a, a follow-up plan to make sure that we are compliant in the future. They're not looking to find people right away, although there are um, those ramifications. There's penalties up to $250. Uh, you could get stuck in another training like this one or something worse, um, but there would be um, 
uh, follow up to a consent order if, if it came to that. I'm happy to answer any other questions about coma. Thank you, Adam. This is Mike Laskowski, PTAC Chair. Does anyone have any uh, specific questions about uh, what coma covers concerning PTAC? Okay, hearing none, let's uh, proceed on to the next item of the agenda, which is the uh, final route changes for August 2021. Sure, this is Adam Weigel, Transit and Parking Manager. Um, so I will not uh, go through this document. I'm, I'm hopeful that members have a chance to review it. Uh, we brought back the uh, same recommendations that we had put before you in April, or sorry, in March, uh, related to changes for Route 1 and Route 29. Um, throughout public comment, we got uh, 22 comments about Route 1 and 32 about Route 29, um, mostly positive. So we are moving forward with those recommended changes. Uh, just as a general reminder, Route one changes will take our bus through the Warehouse Arts District. We'll be able to serve a few of the um, apartment complexes that are in that area, uh, people that we are not able to serve right now. Uh, Route 29 makes routing a little easier out on the western end, more bi-directional service and easier for people to get to and from the major complexes out um, near uh, like 24th and Crossgate. So those were the couple of changes we had looked at this year. Um, uh, please do check out the document. We are in an effort for transparency, trying to be very clear about what we originally proposed, what we heard from people, and how that affected our uh, final planned route changes. Uh, anytime we have these sort of public input opportunities, we also always get general comments about a whole lot of things. Um, so we include that as well at the end of the document, um, kind of all the comments we heard from people. And if we are able to address some of those, we, we try to do that. Um, so, you know, we've, we fielded some comments about, um, about stop placement, about uh, um, route redesign and, and facility design, things like that. So, so we try to address those comments so that when people give us um, feedback, it doesn't just go into a void. So if you have a, a minute to check out that document, I would encourage it. But happy to answer any other questions. Adam, August Rudis, LPTech. Were you able to contact uh, Decade or, no, I'm sorry, is it? I think it's decade the coffee shop and jungle house as far as their scheduled weekly deliveries because again i conferred with other um elna people and they concur that their weekly delivery deliveries do conform or what how'd mike say it bottle no not bottleneck i don't i don't remember what mike said yeah it is a bottleneck because it's bottleneck. a main street that when someone parks on it especially in a semi could get condensed to one lane very easily. Right, right, yeah. I was just kind of curious if we had any additional information on that. Yeah, good question. Thank you for bringing that back up. Um, Adam Weigel, Transit and Parking Manager. We have been working with other city staff. There's actually um, a section of the Lawrence Loop that's going to go through there around Hobbs and down the east side of Delaware. Um, with that project, there will be uh, no parking coming up on the east side of Delaware, which should help us gain a little extra space. We did take a 40-foot bus out there to do a couple runs. Um, and in those instances, there were 
vehicles parked on both sides of Delaware, which was pretty challenging. We were able to squeeze through, but uh, would be tough if we had to deal with that on a consistent basis. So we should have um, uh, a little more space with no parking on the east side of the road there, which, which should help us out. The Lawrence Loop is going to come up Delaware, not the rail to trail? It will go around the backside of uh, Hobbs Field there and, and then um, run into, you know, adjacent to Delaware down to connect with uh, the path that's right in front of the nine Dell lofts. Okay, yeah, thank you. Okay, uh, this, this is Mike Wazikowski, PTAC Chair. Does anyone else have any uh, comments about route changes? Okay. Hearing done, uh, let's go on to the next item on our agenda, which is the 2021 low or no uh, grant application. So Adam Weigel, Transit and Parking Manager. Um, so I'll give a lot of credit to uh, Felice on this, as well as uh, really Margretta from her work last year on the low no grant, but we have pulled together another uh, federal low no grant this year. Um, that is the grant that won us five electric buses and six charging dispensers that we'll be deploying next year. Um, the submission this year uh, follows our uh, vehicle replacement program. So we are seeking two additional uh, electric buses and one additional charger to keep us uh, moving towards a zero emission fleet on the city side. So that uh, grant application was um, submitted uh, Friday of last week. It's due today and they recommend putting it in 72 hours ahead of time. So we got it in there to make sure there were no issues uh, while it uploaded. Uh, but we are hopeful and excited about continuing to replace our diesel vehicles with um, electric vehicles. And we should know uh, probably within about six weeks if we've been awarded. That seems to be the general time frame that it's been in the past. They don't have a specific uh, date that they say they'll announce awards, but that's generally what it's been in the past. Um, so I'm happy to uh, answer any questions about that application. I have none, seeing as I wrote the letter in support of it again, so, uh, and hearing nobody else. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Felice Margretta, for putting together that paperwork last year and this year. Um, really excited for the opportunity to get us into having an almost all electric bus fleet. Uh, let's uh, go on to the next item. Uh, I'm not sure we have to discuss this a whole lot given what we discussed in public comment, but transit facility phase one update. Adam? Sure. So. Uh Adam Weigel, Transit and Parking Manager. I had linked to a city manager's report, uh, just a brief update I had given city commission last week related to the upcoming work on this project. Um, and I alluded to it earlier in this meeting. Uh, but next week, the, our consultants uh, from Wendell Companies will be on site to do um, eight stakeholder meetings and a couple of public meetings, all with concept design intermingled throughout that. Um, there will be uh, one of those stakeholder meetings it pulls together the chair and vice chair from a number of different city and university advisory boards. So there is inclusion of um, Mike and Lance in that group. Um, so PTAC does have some representation. We did it that way to, uh, 
again, timely maybe, uh, to avoid coma challenges. Um, if we were to have all members of all the different advisory boards there, we'd have to uh, figure out a way to, to make that a public meeting and the logistics surrounding that. So uh, we have representation from a lot of those boards and um, would encourage you to, um, uh, you could either pass your ideas about the project through Mike and Lance or join us at one of the public meetings that week. Um, more information about that will be going up on our website this week, uh, but it will be uh, as easy to join as, as these meetings are. We'll get agendas up with um, you know, the ability to join a Zoom link and, and uh, port yourself into one of those meetings. So we're really hopeful about uh, the amount of work we'll be able to accomplish during, um, during that week. This uh, company has done more than 125 different transit projects in the last 15 years. So they're very familiar with transit operations and, um, and the type of operational needs that we'll, that we'll have. So uh, we really trust them to give us a good process and are looking forward to, um, to getting going. But happy to answer any other questions on, on that project. This is Mike Wazikowski. Anyone have any uh, comments or questions? Okay. Uh, Adam, Adam Weiner, right. Transit and Parking Manager. I might just clarify or make more clear um, what we're really looking to get out of um, out of this Phase One work is uh, three concepts for the Bob Billings and Crest Line site, as well as. Uh, three concepts for three different locations in the downtown area. So we are going to be looking at uh, different places downtown where we might be able to fit the three to five bus bays that we're looking for. Um, so there will be some different, uh, certainly some different things that we'll look at um, as opposed to zeroing in on a single site downtown. We know there will be challenges with parking and, and adjacent land use and other things. So. Um, just to set expectations with this group, that's that's generally what we're going for, and in June should have clearer direction on the site we're moving forward with downtown and, and the concept we're looking at at Bob Billings. Thank you for that, Adam. Uh, Mike Wazkowski, P-TECH, sure. uh, if uh, you do have specific things that you want us to focus on or that you want us to bring up, during uh, any of these meetings, uh, especially the one on Monday that Lance and myself will be attending, please contact us. Remember to only contact uh, myself and Lance and Adam at the same time so that we don't trigger a coma violation. Uh, if you do, I will be sure to uh, bring that up at least once during the meeting so that we uh, all, so that everyone who's in attendance is that that's a concern. There's nothing else on that. The uh, next item on the agenda is a RFP discussion about mobile fare payment. Um, Adam Weigel, Transit and Parking Manager. So we had discussed um, at a prior meeting about, um, as part of route redesign study this year, we'll be discussing fare-free transit and if that's feasible in some sense for our system moving forward. Uh, as part of that discussion, though, we did talk about mobile fare payment and if that was something we should uh, also consider pursuing in the meantime. Um, 
we have put together a draft RFP that we've attached for some uh, some light reading for those of you that love to read technical RFPs, uh, but would give you a good sense of the type of things we're considering uh, when we are looking at mobile fare payment platforms. Uh, in general, we're, uh, we think it's a, a reasonable to go ahead and try to move forward with, uh, with this. Um, these platforms don't have uh, an upfront cost or an annual fee. Uh, they, they simply take a percentage off of fare sales. So we would, we would expect uh, likely some, some lost revenue, um, not, a, not a huge amount, but we don't have to uh, necessarily purchase anything or, or on the front end buy, buy anything. So uh, we do think it would provide a good option for passengers even leading into the discussion around fare free. Um, just not knowing exactly where that discussion goes. In general, the, uh, the trajectory we're looking for is to own the, um, the payment platform and the data that comes with that, uh, with the idea that someone can digitally purchase and use fares on any number of apps, as opposed to having to use one specific app to pay their bus fare. Um, so the way a lot of these work is, um, is you can, if you use Google Maps to plan your trip, you can pay your fare through that. If you use the Double Map app that we have our real-time information on, uh, you can pay through that. Um, so it's, it's really to provide some flexibility for, for people and kind of meet them where they're at on, on what sort of um, transit app they use currently. Uh, and I think I'll probably leave it at that. I'm happy to answer any other technical questions about it or, or anything else. See August raising his hand. Sorry, I'm trying to navigate on another web page. So I was looking at the city parking meters um, implementation, and only because I paid paid attention to the commission meetings every week, and I noticed that it was about a hundred thousand dollars to implement these parking these electronic parking meters. And so when you say no upfront cost to the transit system, I just want to ask more about how we implement this and still have no upfront cost if there's, you know, hardware or software. That's my only question. Sure. Great question. Um, so Adam Weigel, transit and parking manager. Um, so with this system, there is no hardware. Uh, it would be giving people access to purchase and use fares on their phones. It would still be visual validation, so they'd still be holding up a pass for the bus operator to evaluate and decide if it was valid or not. Um, uh, the way a lot of these work is there's, uh, there's typically like movement to the background of the pass, something that would indicate to the driver that it's not just a screenshot or some pass that people can use over and over again. Um, there are There is the option in the future that we could put validator hardware in the buses. So the idea that someone would hold up their phone to a black box that would beep and you know the bus operator would know that it was valid without needing to look at it and evaluate it. Um, but really in the interim it would be very similar to our current visual validation system of you know today I hold up a paper uh, monthly pass, tomorrow I would hold up my phone that has the monthly pass on it. Um, so it would be very, a very similar system. The, one, one real benefit is our current paper transfer 
system is, is pretty frustrating, I think, for both passengers and operators. Um, or if someone needs to transfer from one route to another, they have to request a paper slip be filled out. And uh, just the time that that takes uh, for, for both parties. Um, if someone were to be using the digital system, it would just be a timed pass that was good for 60 minutes. And uh, they, they would be able to just use that on one bus and use it on the next bus, as long as it was valid within that 60 minute time frame that we currently allow for the paper transfer slips. So uh, that is a value add, I think, that, that people would recognize right away. Um, but yes, there's no upfront hardware that it would cost us money. It's just on a usage-based uh, percentage fee that essentially we'd, we'd be experiencing. Awesome. Thank you. Are there any other comments and questions from uh, committee members? Hey, hearing that, uh, I'll just chime in, Mike Blaskowski, P-TECH chair. I'm all in favor of this kind of a system so long as we are going to stick with actually collecting fares from uh, people. Uh, you know, a lot of the issues in terms of you, you don't know if it's a valid thing or if it's a screenshot that someone just captured on it, you know, people can photocopy their bus passes just the same. And we don't have that kind of issue as far as I know. So I'm not so concerned about that. What I'm most concerned about is the convenience for riders to be able to pay and prove that they've purchased stuff as easily as possible. And a uh, only paper solution is definitely not superior to something like this. So thank you for putting together this RFP, Adam and your staffers. Um, looking forward to seeing who actually applies and that we get some good applications in. Adam Weigel, Transit and Parking Manager. I'll just mention that we are still, um, we have a couple of different internal events reviewing this, so it's not quite ready to go out, um, but we hope maybe by the end of the month we'll be able to get it out. Um, these, these are usually out for 30 days. You can probably add another month after that to uh, review and get a contract together. So it'll, um, implementation's probably in the summer sometime. That's fine. So if we launched it, the actual RFP at the end of the month, we'd probably be thinking end of May for uh, the submission deadline? Correct. Okay. All right. Thank you very much, Adam. Before we go on, are there any uh, comments, questions from the rest of the committee? Okay. Uh, next item up is a route redesign project update uh, from August and Freddie. I believe there's a uh, attachment to uh, display, Adam. Adam Weigel, Transit and Parking Manager. There is, um, and I'll provide a quick update. I threw August and Freddie in here. We'll get our, our system down pat for, for next month, but I do think it, it'll be important for, um, as them representing PTAC on that group to help provide updates back to the group. Um, I will say just generally it was a, a typical introduction meeting, lots of kind of setting the stage for what the project will look like. Um, um, we are looking at uh, this upcoming meeting, um, having a little more meat to it. Um, there should be a public engagement plan for steering committee members to review 
and a draft survey that would that would go out. So the consultants are working on that stuff, and the steering committee will have um, some some draft deliverables to react to for this next meeting. But I did just want to um, offer Freddie or August the chance to talk about how how they thought that first meeting went. Any any takeaways they noticed or, or things they're thinking of. I, this is August, PTEC Committee, and like Adam said, it was very high level. Um, the only notes I wrote down was it was at 5.30, and it was an introduction to all the members. Um, and then the, the facilitator solicited feedback for, I wrote many topics, like what is working and what are the measures of success for the transit system. So those are the only notes I took, not knowing that I would need to use them. So I will definitely take more notes in the future. But like Adam said, it was very high level and very introductory. So I, I, I thought it was productive for the first meeting of a committee. Adam Weigel, Transit and Parking Manager. Um, and Freddie, you can jump in if you have anything to add. Um, I will say we do plan hosting all of those um, the agendas, minutes, and recordings of those meetings on the project page. So if you um, are interested and uh, have an hour to kill, you're welcome to watch that first steering committee meeting. It is posted on our um, on our website at lawrencetransit.org slash transfer hyphen facility. So um, check that out and be aware that that's where future meetings will, will land. Yeah, the only thing I noticed was, were you at the transit or the, the Parks and Rec building on mass. The only thing I noticed, Adam. Correct. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. For people that need to be in person uh, will be at that building for future meetings. Thank you both very much for that uh, discussion. Um, Freddie, do you have anything you want to add? Okay, uh, hearing no comment from you, Freddie. Uh, oh, dang, ahead. I was talking the entire time. My apologies. It was on me. Okay. <laughs> no, I was saying uh, what August and Adam said, it was fine. It was good. Um, I, I enjoyed it. Looking forward to next week. Um, was really fortunate and glad that I could chime in, you know, just from my perspective, just joining too. So looking forward to it. And uh, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Okay. Thank you. Uh, before we proceed, a uh, message from the on the chat line from JT Thornburg. Will there be a recording available of this meeting after it concludes? Uh, I believe the answer is yes. I do not know how exactly they are recorded and the timeline that it takes to get stuff posted on YouTube. But every meeting like this, including city commission, every uh, city advisory board meeting does have meetings recorded for video and posted on YouTube on the city's page. This is Adam Weil, Transit and Parking Manager. I'll put in the chat box the um, web address. As I had given earlier, there is, we do have that first meeting posted on there already. So if you scroll towards the bottom, uh, everything related to the route redesign study is posted there, including the video. Thank you, Adam. Uh, seeing 
no more discussion on this. Let's go ahead and hit the last item on the agenda, which is an update on the, the impacts of the American Rescue Plan on our uh, transit system. So Adam Weigel, transit and parking manager. Um, so the American Rescue Plan included uh, quite a bit of money for transit agencies throughout the country, um, more than $30 billion. Uh, that money, at least in part, was distributed through uh, formula grant process, the, the same process that we receive uh, annual federal formula funds, um, which is very similar to how we received CARES Act funds as well. So uh, Lawrence is uh, fortunate um, that we're, looks like we'll receive um, a little over $4.5 million of formula funding through the American Rescue Plan. Uh, so staff's currently working on um, best way to program that. Um, they, uh, they, they really uh, scheduled that kind of in the same way they did the CARES Act funds, which is uh, eligible uses are the same eligible uses for our annual federal formula funds. So uh, operational costs, um, capital costs related to transit, uh, certainly things related to additional costs we experience because of different COVID protocols, things like that. Um, so we're looking at the best way to program some of those funds. Uh, we certainly are in catch-up mode for vehicle replacement purchasing. And, you know, depending on how um, successful we are in, in um, grant pursuits moving forward, that is, is certainly an area I can see us programming uh, some of those funds. And uh, in particular, commitment towards you know, a more sustainable fleet and trying to meet the aggressive city's sustainability goals. Uh, electric bus and associated infrastructure is um, more expensive than uh, diesel counterparts. So that, that might be an area that we look to, um, but we're still um, still discussing the best way to, to program those out over, over a number of years. So happy to answer any other questions about that. I have none. Does anyone else on the committee have uh, questions? Okay. Uh, thank you for that uh, update, Adam. It's a good amount of money given what I was just looking and seeing that we only pulled in like $500,000 in our best year on uh, uh, fares from users. So that's Pretty exciting to see that we're getting a big chunk of money for our capital investment. That is all the items on the agenda. Next uh, item is uh, anything from PTAC members, either uh, items that you want us to add to a future meeting or things that you want to discuss today. We have about 13 minutes before we need to wrap up. This is Nick Kuzmiak, PTEC member. Um, I think I didn't quite catch what the uh, what the expected content might be for the agenda item for next month for, um, I guess, rethinking the downtown transit hub. Could you kind of brief me again on what you think the kind of details and p potential outcomes of that discussion might be? And and this is August Ruta. So, Mike, before you go into that, I'm sorry, I, I 
this is actually one something I wanted to bring up too, and I'm glad Nick did as well, because I just wanted to get on, uh, for lack of a better phrase, on the record, the fact that a business is asking us to move the downtown transit hub for their business needs and not for our clientele or the, the transit clientele. And I just wanted to get in. I just I was hoping to discuss not tonight necessarily, but in the in general, the fact that our clientele is very specific. Unfortunately, it is mostly homeless challenged and our housing challenged and uh, low income and expecting us to to get that hub moved from downtown to maybe eighth or even 15th street is, is a huge, huge ask. And I, I, I'm not sure exactly what Nick is, is hoping to discuss, but I do want to bring that on the discussion board as well, that it's not as simple as, Oh, okay. A, a business wants us to move the transit hub on, on Vermont. Let's move it to eighth street. Um, because you know, my understanding as far as the city goes, or as far as the city lore goes, is that downtown businesses hated the transit hub when it was on uh, 9th and, and 9th and Mass, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, and, and that's what I just want to bring up is that um, having a, a business bring up their discontent with the transit downtown is not merit enough to move an entire transfer station. That's all I wanted to say. Uh, Mike Wazikowski, P. Texture. I definitely agree. All I'm looking for is exploration of what are our options again. At this point, it's now been a year since the last time we looked at what is available to move two or three bus bays in front of that business and seeing what are the options available in terms of a short-term fix while we are in the process of figuring out where do we want to put a more permanent downtown transfer facility. Right. Yeah. 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 And I don't necessarily expect, I'm not outright stating we are going to change it or no, we are going to stay where we are right now. It's we need to be open when someone comes to us with concerns. And if we go back and say, we've explored our options and nothing seems to fit both your needs and the city transit system's needs, then that's the answer we come up with. If there is a solution that works for the interim while we are building a more permanent location to uh, downtown for buses to transfer, then that's great. And hopefully it'll work out well for business and for our system. But I don't know the exact answer right now on that. Lance Fave, Vice Chair of PTAC. Um, I want to thank both August and Mike for your considerations on this. Um, I share the concern that if this is asking for something fairly significant for their own business and that we have an obligation to the entire community. Um, this business knew that there was bus transfer activity in front of their chosen location. Um, and I would welcome us going ahead and exploring those options, but also maybe keep in mind the infrastructure and timeline that already exists for where we're currently located uh, and the reality that the concerns that business have has may not completely go away just because a couple of buses do. And I think... I think you know we should definitely discuss it and, and 
but I, we need to make sure that we're discussing, as was mentioned, the long term, and we need to think about what what is involved on the public transit and the and the obligation to the city. You know, all of our citizens and our, our riders is in terms of the service and location and communication of where those services are. And so, let's let's see if we can work that into an agenda item that is all-inclusive of that. Right, uh, just all just following, I agree with Lance. It, it, I agree, I understand that Darren, his point that they spent $3 million to renovate that building, and it was in, uh, substantial and it was impressive, but there are way, way more aspects of transit and the public needs than just that business. So I, I'm, I'm just glad that we're all, sounds like, willing to discuss it. This is Adam Weigel, Transit and Parking Manager. I would I would just ask, I'll, I'll send out the analysis we had done at the end of last year um, for members to review. If, if you could provide comments back to Mike and Lance about any additional um, any additional areas you want us to explore, I think that would be useful for us because I don't, I don't know what what else staff currently would, would go back and look at um, other than just representing that analysis. Um, something just to keep in mind that we didn't necessarily touch on uh, tonight yet is, uh, is ADA access and um, um, concrete that extends all the way to the curb so that people with wheelchairs and mobility devices can board buses. Um, that, that is something that does not exist on the 800 block of Vermont or many other places that we might move to. So um, as staff, we just try to be thoughtful about investing in new concrete and upgrades like that while we're in a process to invest in a more long-term infrastructure update. So um, that's something we can definitely explore further next month, but just another aspect of this. Uh, thank you, everyone, for uh, discussing that. Uh, the only things I would chip in on that were the two things that really I wanted to, or that hit my mind were the fact that he, uh, Darren and Deanna reported people smoking under their awning. That shouldn't be acceptable. Um, even if we keep the current location, I don't think bus uh, riders, bus drivers should be smoking in front of a business. That that kind of ruins their entryway. So there's got to be another solution for at least that kind of aspect. I agree. I, I found that and I'm understanding that it's within 10 feet of any entrance of a public or any 10 feet of any public interest entrance as well. Mm -hmm. As Faye, uh, PTAC Vice Chair, um, give some consideration as to how that would be enforced. If you are familiar with that location and both uh, riders and uh, drivers in that location, uh, that's going to require a fair amount of enforcement, um, as will any future uh, regulations regarding smoking around bus areas. So that's something that will have to be considered. Another thing that stuck out to me is they are talking about doing outdoor dining, taking up some of that sidewalk space. And because there is a city, I believe, some sort of zoning that has to be approved, with that 
space right now being uh, needed for ADA access for buses, I'm wondering how that process would play out and if we maybe need to be aware of what might be going on uh, with that and if that is actually going to be permissible. So. August Budisel, PTAC Committee. And the only, uh, one more thing is, I to, to one of Darren's points was the um, idling. Uh, it was my understanding that when the buses shut off, and and I think, I think it was his argument for no, he was it, it was his argument that they could shut it off instead of idling. And my understanding was it was actually difficult to restart the buses, and so that was just something I would want to ask public transit is how difficult. It, it maybe not so much now because it's April, but. I know in the wintertime, I was I felt like it was hard for the buses to restart. So that was something else I would want to ask. Uh, this is Mike Waskowski, P-TAC chair. I do remember discussing it that uh, some bus drivers had mentioned difficulties in restarting, but we had always built into the policy uh, that kind of catch-all situation of if it's going to be difficult to restart your bus, it's okay to let it idle because the alternative of turning your bus off and then we can't service the route anymore is i think a lot worse than let's leave it running for 10 minutes and put some fumes into the air at least at that point we're still able to satisfy our routes but i'm with you at this point in the in the climate cycle that we're in going into spring and then summer and in the fall, like through August or September, there should be no reason why uh, our buses have difficulty restarting after being turned off. I had a turbo diesel car for a while and I had no issues with restarting it after turning it off in uh, weather like this. This is Al Ackland, PDAC member. Uh, a quick question. I know the city's going to be doing some work on the West 9th Street and interrupting one of the bus routes. Um, is that a significant issue for, for the uh, interim, how we handle that? Adam Weigel, Transit Manager. And sorry, Alan, you said 9th Street? Or 19th? 9th. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we have to react to... Um, uh, construction or water line replacement and things like that all the time. Ninth is particularly challenging just because there's not a lot of great alternatives, but we, um, but we do, you know, just accommodate reroutes as best we can um, through that area. Typically going <coughs> over to sixth. Okay. Yes, Alan, I can be that member. Yeah, so, was so curious how much notice you guys get from the city. I assume they they communicate that with you all before they get too far along. Yeah. So uh, Adam Weigel, transit and parking manager, we do get. Um, great notice from our MSO department and, and coordinate with them leading up to projects like that. We're often brought in for kind of the pre-construction meetings so that they can tell us about um, what they're planning for detours and things like that to help us plan uh, on what we're going to do. All right, now I can keep that member, thank you. Okay, uh, well, it's almost 5.30, so... Uh, does anyone else, either uh, PTAC members or transit staffers, have any uh, brief comments or brief topics they'd like to bring up before we uh, wrap? Point of information. Go ahead, Jessica. 
Yeah, I just wanted to make sure you saw Mr. Thornburg had another comment about the video recording for the meeting we're having right now, that it's not live on YouTube and he had to log in to join. So I wanted to make sure you saw that. I did not, okay. but uh, thank you. Um, yep. I'm sure that we're recording it. I thought that they were always streamed on YouTube. I know that it will get posted on YouTube eventually. I just don't, I don't know the process because I'm not privy to what goes on behind the scenes, unfortunately. Perhaps something that I should put on my to-do list. I can follow up with Kurt. He's the one who, he's the technical director for the city video. He does a city commission and these meetings as well. So I can follow up with him tonight. Okay. Thank well, you, August. Sir. I would also offer Adam Weigel, transit and parking manager at the top of every agenda. There's links to the live video stream as well as the registration to this Zoom meeting. So that's where uh, folks link right into those meetings. And then, uh, like you mentioned, after the fact it is posted, the recording is. I did have one other uh, item. Um, I know Gregory was on a, another meeting earlier, but wanted to introduce Gregory Critchlow, our new uh, PTAC member. and. Um, I know we're at time, Gregory, but didn't know if you wanted to uh, talk about yourself for a minute or so. Good evening. Um, I apologize for my tardiness today, uh, double bookings. Um, but my name is Gregory Critchlow. Uh, I am new to Lawrence, uh, relatively new, but in, here at the university, uh, but have um, had a strong interest in a lot of the transit issues that not only are going on in Lawrence, but around the country. But specifically because I'm, uh, I have a, I use it heavily. Um, I don't want a car, and so just having that perspective of how to negotiate, whether it is a uh, a larger city or a smaller space like Lawrence. But I'm really interested in seeing from the inside out how things uh, are working, and um, interested in having some dialogue. Uh, thank you, and it's good to meet everybody. Uh, this is Mike Waskowski, P-TECH Chair. Thank you for joining us, Greg. I'm especially glad to have perspective of another person who uses the transit system regularly on the committee. Uh, I will freely admit I don't because I have not needed to for a very long time, but uh, that is definitely on my list to understand the issues of actually writing on it. And while, I, while I'm figuring out that timeline, I'm glad to have you and Lance on the committee to provide that specific perspective that we really need of what are the issues that matter to the writers. Thank you. Uh, with that, uh, unless uh, any other transit staff have uh, things to bring up? Nothing else from our end. Okay. Uh, our next meeting is scheduled for May 10th, same uh, time as uh, today, and uh, on Zoom, I assume, since I don't think everyone is vaccinated yet. That will be about two days after my second dose, so hopefully I won't be fatigued and completely crashing for a meeting, and hopefully everyone else can start to get vaccinated now that uh, everything is open in Kansas, and maybe sometime in the next couple of months we'll be able to meet in person. That would be awesome. So uh, with that, uh, I will adjourn the meeting and I look forward to seeing all of you next month on May 10th. Thank you. Bye everyone. <laughs>